I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. When I was 20 years old, I was serving a humanitarian and service mission for my church, and I was at a particularly low point in time. I was in a rough patch of this mission. It was a challenging experience, and I happened to come across an article, and this article was a person describing all of the ways that their life has changed by writing in a journal, and it was written by a woman writing many, in many ways her spiritual insights, but also just all of the benefits from her writing in a journal for like 30 years, and she had filled out like 20 plus journals, and she just listed out all of these attributes, all these benefits of of writing in a journal for like 25 plus years and filling stacks of journals, and she just listed these out, and for some reason or another, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I don't know if anything has impacted my life more at any point in time than reading that single article. It was like a three-page article just listing out the benefits this woman had had, and it was very well written, and the benefits were massive. And for some reason or other, it just hit me like a ton of bricks and I pulled out my journal. And so I ultimately wrote down there, I just read this article. I actually ended up tearing it out and keeping it and then said, I am committed to writing in my journal for the rest of my mission. And I believe that this is going to be a life-changing thing for me. I believe that this is going to be a huge benefit and blessing in my life. Fast forward 15 years. That was 15 years ago. I'm now 35 years old. And for the last 15 years, I have been journaling almost every day. And sometimes I'll journal for an hour at a time. And during that church mission, I actually got way into journaling to the point where I journaled. Sometimes I would journal an hour a day. And it led me to actually becoming a professional author. I mean, I have published eight books and gotten a PhD. And I can say with absolute assurity that that would not have happened had I not started journaling and learned how to journal effectively. And so in this video, I am going to share with you 15 insights or 15 lessons I've learned over 15 years of journaling. And I have filled literally over 100 journals. I have stacks of journals on the shelves up above behind me, but also even at my house. I hope that this inspires you in a similar way that that article inspired me. The first lesson is that there is no right or wrong way to journal. I think people try so hard to figure out the right way to do something before they just start. And really with journaling, it's very subjective. There's a, a thousand different uses for journaling. There's a, there's a ton of research on it. Certainly, you can just start by writing three things you're grateful for. There's a lot of research on that that just shows that the, at the end of each day, if you just wrote down three things you're grateful for that day, not only will you literally sleep better, but you'll actually be a happier person, which will lead to you probably living a lot longer. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's a lot of different models, a lot of different ideas. In my opinion, I just have a plain piece of paper and I just start writing. And, and honestly, almost every journal session I have is different. Yeah, there are a few different frameworks that I use, such as writing about my past and about how much I've learned and how different I am from my past self, and also writing about my future self and writing about my goals and, and also emotional regulation, writing down the things I'm struggling with. But there is no right or wrong way, and you just simply want to see it as a private toolkit, a private space. It's a space and a place for you to just write down your thoughts, to share your ideas, to write down your goals, to write down what you're struggling with. There is no right or wrong way to do it, which takes me to number two. 
Lesson number two is that you don't need to write for other people. This is something that I did for a while while journaling, especially on that mission, is, is that I wrote with, call it, other people in mind, thinking that other people would actually read my journals. I think it's much better to simply write for yourself. One of my favorite quotes from Alcoholics Anonymous is, is that all progress starts by telling the truth. There are different ways you can do this. You can write write things down and then burn them. There's a whole idea of, you know, burn after writing, or you can write things down and literally throw them away. I just write stuff down. I'm radically honest with myself, radically honest with my goals, with my ambitions, but also with my fears, my desires, my worries. I just I just write down very honestly. I think that your journaling practice will become enormously more effective and enjoyable if you solely write for yourself and not for other people. Maybe someone down the line, your, your granddaughter or something like that, will go across your journals and be very surprised by what they find. But you can also throw them away along the way they are not for anyone else. I think that this is a crucial thing. Now, you can journal for other people if you want, but that's different from the from the type of journaling I'm talking about and the type of journaling that's therapeutic and the type of journaling that can help transform your life. Certainly, writing down your history and writing down the events of the day is powerful, and you can do it in an effective, powerful way, but you will get a lot out of it if you just solely write for yourself. Lesson number three is, is that you don't need to go back and reread your journals. This is something that confuses a lot of people. I very rarely go back and read my journals. I actually have one thing that I do go back and reread, and that's in the front page of all of my journals, I actually answer five questions. Number one is I write down, where am I now? So I write, where am I now? And I just write a few bullet points of like literally what my life is like right now when I'm working on. We just got back from a three-week trip. Our kids start school this week, got new suits, writing my stretch time book, etc. Like I just literally am writing down details of what my life is like right now. And then I also write down what are my wins from the last 90 days. So these are just things that I feel like are personal wins or professional wins from the date that I started that journal to 90 days before. And then I write down what are my wins for the next 90 days, like four or five bullets, and then three bullets for who is my future self in 12 months. And so I write down the date. So August 7th, 2024, in this case, here are the three bullets that I see as my core future self. And then 36 months, so three years, who's my future self in three years? write down the three bullets. I love the idea if you have more than three priorities, you have zero. That comes from Jim Collins and Good to Great. So I just have three areas where I see my future self in 12 months and in 36 months. And so that is actually the only, that's the primary thing I go back and read because it's just a one page and I can go back to any journal of my last five years and just read, you know, where am I now? And it's kind of funny to go back and see a snapshot of what I was up to when I thought were my, you know, what I saw was my wins, what the wins I was going for, and even how I viewed my 12 month and 36 month future self. It's useful to know that you don't have to go back. Now, you can, as an example, I'm a writer, I write books, and so there are certain sessions where I'm literally writing down ideas that I will then go and translate onto the book. And so those ones I actually go back to, but most of my journaling sessions, I never go back to read and I never plan to go back to read. That's not really the use. The use is getting ideas out of your mind or the use is about reframing, which is really what a lot of therapy and cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy is, is really helping you learn how to reframe things, reframe your past, Re review situations, but also get clarity about your future. It's simply a tool. The journal is a tool to help you emotionally regulate, to let things go, to clarify things, to make decisions, to move forward. It is just a tool. And you don't need to go back and read it, although you can, but you certainly don't need to. Lesson number four is to journal for three to five minutes at night. Rather than doing what most people do, and there's a lot of research that shows that people procrastinate sleep at night, they're literally procrastinating their sleep, setting themselves up for poor sleep, and they're setting their future selves up tomorrow for a worse day than they could have had. So rather than inputting at night, just spend three to five minutes journaling. And there's a lot of research, as I already referenced earlier, about gratitude writing. 
just simply writing down three things you're grateful for from that day, you actually get to choose how you frame your past. This is a crucial insight, is, is that your past is actually more a reflection of who you are now rather than who you are now is a reflection of your past. You get to choose how you frame the meaning of your past, even just today. So when you're journaling at the end of the day, just take three to five minutes and choose properly how to frame it. You want to frame the day in a positive way, in a useful way, so that you can actually use it rather than be used by it. You don't want to frame your past in the negative because how you frame your past is going to shape how you expect in the future. Just write down for three to five minutes, no more than three to five minutes, get some things down. What I actually prefer is it's just writing down what are the main ways that I'm different from who I was the day before. This helps me realize that who I am now is different from my past self, even 24 hours ago. It also helps me to document the insights and the learning I had, and even some of the important experiences that are so easy to gloss over. If you start doing this, where you just at night spend three to five minutes just writing down what were the important experiences I had today, or what were the things that I learned, or you could even say, where did I see the hand of God today? Or you could say, how am I different from who I was uh, yesterday? What do I, how am I now better and more informed than I was yesterday? What do I now know? Just simply just writing things down, what you will find by actually just taking three to five minutes to analyze and reflect on your day is, is that you will see that a lot more things happened that day than you thought because it's so easy just to move forward and be distracted that you don't really realize how many important things happen. And so by actually taking the time to do that, you amplify the value of that day and you also have documented it, which makes it a deeper imprint in your memory. And now you have a higher expectation of success for tomorrow. Lesson number five is to journal for about 10 to 15 minutes in the morning, but do it pre-input. Pre-input means before you start inputting. So rather than opening your phone like most people do and starting to put stuff into your brain, you actually want to output. You want to actually dump thoughts onto paper while your brain is hyper-creative, but also while your subconscious is primed. While you're asleep, your brain and your subconscious are doing so much work. There's even a quote from Thomas Edison. He said, never go to bed without a request to your subconscious. So while you're asleep, your brain is literally formulating new memories. It's reshaping your worldview based on what you've learned, but it's also letting go of things that are no longer relevant based on what you've learned, maybe old ideas or beliefs or assumptions you used to have. Those things are letting go. And so when you journal in the morning, especially if you put yourself in the right environment, you hydrate yourself, maybe even say a prayer or meditate beforehand. But if you just write for 10 or 15 minutes every morning, free input before you start filling your brain with stuff, and filling your mind and scattering it and speeding up your brain with email and to-dos and other people's agendas, literally just write. And write about what you're grateful for. You could write about your goals for the day or your goals for your future self or just give yourself the space to think through some decisions you're trying to make. You will get insight. I have so many times during those journaling sessions, and I do put myself into a, a fresh environment. I hydrate myself. I, go, I honestly just go out to my car in a quiet place and just journal for 10 or 15 minutes. And I can tell you so many life-changing insights have come to me during that quiet time that I wouldn't be where I'm at had I not given myself that space. And rather than plugging into the matrix and just going into busy mode, I actually gave myself the space to connect. Lesson number six fits with what I just said, which is get yourself into a specific environment. A lot of research shows that you want to be in the right mindset and the right setting. They call it set and setting. And so rather than journaling in a loud place, like actually have a sacred space for it. I, as I said, I wake up, hydrate, get in my car, you know, even just drive down the road and park, but get yourself into a quiet space, a space that's dedicated you could even pre-frame yourself, prep yourself, say a prayer, meditate, but get yourself into the right frame of mind, the right set and setting, and then just journal for 10 to 15 minutes. Just giving yourself that space, getting into the right environment will make a massive difference. Lesson number seven is to meditate and or pray before you journal. I pray before I journal. I just pray and I ask God to give me inspiration, to give me guidance, to give me insights, to help me uh, learn things that I didn't know. 
uh, to help me be aware of things that I should be aware of to focus it just to focus my energy and attention and to get insights and ideas that wouldn't have come otherwise. And so for me, whether you believe in prayer or just would prefer meditation, I think that doing something beforehand before you dive into the journal, just slowing the mind, getting your place to a place of intention. For me, prayer is very powerful before I journal. And it gets me to a place of being open to inspiration and ideas. Lesson number nine is getting yourself into the right frame of mind as you journal. So there's a lot of research, obviously, about gratitude journaling. Gratitude is the mother of all virtues, as they say. Gratitude can create feelings of abundance or insight or excitement. You don't have to use gratitude, though. You can simply, you know, do some jumping jacks running around, but you do want to get yourself into the right state. Uh, And as I said, just barely on the last lesson, meditation and prayer helps, but Also, while you're journaling, you can amplify that state of mind. And so one of the things that I do is obviously you could start by just writing a few things you're grateful for just to get yourself into the right frame of mind. Other things you can do is simply review your progress over the last couple of weeks or last few days just to feel like you're making momentum. You can also review your goals and your vision so that you can start to operate from your future and start to journal with the lens of your future self. Lesson number nine, which is a crucial and a massive lesson, is, is that the past and the future are simply a draft. When you're writing about your past and you're reframing your past or you're seeking to maybe reframe a trauma or something, it's really important to realize that your past is a reflection of your present self rather than your present self being a reflection of your past. It's who you are in the present that shapes the meaning of your past and your past is a draft. So even in a couple of weeks from now, you may reflect and review an experience you had, you know, even today. And your future self will view it differently than you do now. And so I just think it's really important. This is something I've learned as, a, as an author is is that the more drafts you do, the more insight you get, the more clear it gets. And so your past is a draft. It's not solid. It's not solidified. But your future is also a draft as well. You don't need to have it all figured out. You know, your best clear vision and plans will be a little bit different in three or four weeks and that it's just a draft, but it's helpful to use the continuously updating drafts in the present to be in a great place here and now. Positive psychology is about having a positive past, no matter what happened, and a purposeful future. And those are drafts that you're getting better and better at. Lesson number 10 is that you are not your past self. This is a really important thing when journaling is to regularly reflect on how you're different from your past self. You can reflect on how you're different from who you were 10 years ago. You can also reflect on how you are different from who you were 10 days ago. And by acknowledging that you're not your past self, it allows you to continually see how you're growing, evolving, and changing. But also by merely acknowledging and appreciating those changes and by writing them in your journal, you're actually going to transform your brain faster. This is a big part of what they call integration. It's it's, it's also important to be empathetic towards your past self. There's no reason to be mad at your past self. You're not your past self. You see things differently. You have different knowledge, understanding than they had. And so there's no reason to carry around a broken past self with you. Instead, you want to have compassion, love, but also recognize that your past self is a different person than you. Lesson number 11, and this is a really interesting one, is that you are not your present self. So Dr. Daniel Gilbert, who's a Harvard psychologist, and he's spent decades studying the relationship people have with their own future selves. One of the things he said in his TED Talk, The Psychology of Your Future Self, is he said that who you are right now is as fleeting as the present moment. And this is a really powerful insight. This connects with a lot of the research on fixed mindset versus growth mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, then you've overly identified, you've overly labeled and defined your current and your past self. You say, this is who I am. Whereas to Gilbert's point, your present self is as present and fleeting as the present moment. In five, 10 minutes from now, you're actually going to be a little different because of experiences you've had, insights you've had. And if you're regularly referencing back and appreciating how different you are from your past self, then you're going to realize that even your current self is very temporary. This leads to a growth mindset where you're a lot more connected and identified with your future self. It also leads you to being a lot more open to change. Rather than being dogmatic and needing to be right, 
you're actually seeking to get it right using Brene Brown's language. And so you don't need to overly need to be right. You can be open to new ideas, open to your own assumptions and open to the fact that your future self, even in tomorrow, is going to be a lot less ignorant than you are today. Lesson number 12 is that you are not your future self. This is a really important point as well. Most people, when they think about their future self, and they don't think about their future self very much, according to research, but most people, they project their present self onto their future and just assume that who they are now is, for the most part, who they'll be in the future. The truth is, is that your future self is going to be a very different person from who you are today. They're going to have different perspectives, different goals, a different context, even different friends and different interests, different hobbies. And so rather than assuming that your future self is just the same person as you and not having empathy, actually, a lot of research shows you want to have empathy towards your future self and start to take their perspective, start to understand what matters to them. And it's just a really powerful insight to know that your future self is a different person than you. And Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. And so it's very powerful to start imagining your future self, getting emotionally connected to your future self, becoming friends with your future self, and starting to have gratitude from your future self. But also, you can start to operate from the lens of your future self, and you can utilize your future self as a guide to making better decisions today. And a lot of research does show that the more connected you are to your future self, the better decisions you'll make here and now. Lesson number 13 is, is that your past and your future are not objective, but simply tools. Your past is a tool and your future is a tool. And both of those are tools for operating effectively in the present. This goes back to the idea of having a draft, that you get to choose largely what your past means and what you do with it and how much value it has. But also, you get to determine different frames for your future. I love the quote from Dan Sullivan. He says, the only way to make your present better is by making your future bigger. So from a psychological standpoint, time is not sequential. It's not the past and the present and the future. It's all of these exist here and now. And the past and the future are simply tools. And the question is, are they useful? Are they helping you? Or are they hindering you in the present? Lesson number 14 is, is that journaling heals you emotionally, but it also helps you to become a lot more what psychologists call psychologically or emotionally flexible. So by continually getting better at reframing the past or reframing experiences and choosing gratitude and choosing meaning, value, purpose, even from your worst traumas, but also from viewing your future in different frames, maybe choosing different goals and then strategizing from those goals, the journal really helps you to become a lot more emotionally healed. Emotional and spiritual development are fundamental to how we grow as people, but it also helps you to become a lot more psychologically flexible, where you don't just obsess on who you were in the past, you actually continually reframe the past, which takes emotional flexibility and also heals you emotionally, but also you can start to get connected to a bigger future self in different contexts and use that future self to make better decisions here and now. And so it really helps you on your emotional development and also on your emotional flexibility so that you're not so rigid and dogmatic and just operating stuck in your past. The final lesson that I will share with you here and now is, is that journaling is a really powerful tool for strategizing. So simply getting in your journal, getting in the right space, getting in the right setting, and then thinking about what you're trying to accomplish or thinking about who you could reach out to the journal can become a really quiet space, especially if you've gotten yourself in the right environment, done some meditation, prayer, done some journaling, some reflection, done some gratitude, getting yourself into the right frame of mind. It can be a really powerful tool for strategizing and making really important decisions. And then you can have conversations outside of the journal with people to kind of verify those decisions. But it's just a really great place for strategizing, for making decisions, for getting clear, for making plans. And it's just something that I always go to. If you're not giving yourself quiet time regularly to connect in your journal, you're probably not making powerful decisions. You're probably not as emotionally flexible as you can. You may be more stuck in your past and you may not be as connected to your future self. So these are some of the most powerful things I've learned. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now and also 10X is Easier Than 2X, my third book with Dan Sullivan. I hope you enjoyed this. Please like, please subscribe, and I hope you start journaling or at least can get more out of your journal. Have a great day.